Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Hello, everyone. Today's episode is titled, When is the Best Time to Pay Down My Mortgage? Over the next few episodes, we're going to talk about the balancing act between debt management uh, and saving for the future. And we're going to start with people's largest debt in most situations, which is their mortgage. So let's start with a real-life example that may be impacting or experience, you may be experiencing as we speak. Uh, the COVID pandemic has wreaked havoc on a lot of parts of people's lives. But from a financial position, some families have found themselves with more money in the bank uh, than they did a year ago. And that's primarily because the lack of ability to spend on travel or some of the you know, discretionary spending that might normally have happened. And if they've maintained their employment and you know, their work has continued to you know, see decent results, bonus checks and excess cash flow has kind of just been building up in savings. So you might find yourself with an extra ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars in the bank that you normally wouldn't have had in the past, and ultimately you start talking with one another and saying, "Well, what should we do with this money?" Um, and you know, if you expect employment to stay strong for next year, you'll likely have uh, fresh income coming in that can provide for uh, home renovations or vacations that you were planning to do the year before. So this extra money is, uh, you know kind of extra. So you're kind of left with the decision of do we save it and kind of keep it in our bank account just in case as an additional rainy day fund? Um, do we use it to pay down some debt, maybe knock off a chunk of the mortgage and maybe lower our monthly payment? Um, or do we save it for the future? And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, what is the best way to think about this for you? Now, when it comes to your mortgage, like I said, this is usually one of your largest debts, and it's usually attached to one of your most important assets. So when the, when the discussion turns to paying down or reducing your mortgage, there is an economic and a financial decision to be made, but there's also a lot of emotion wrapped up and a lot of uh, you know, family uh, feelings and thoughts about what past generations are telling you what you should and shouldn't do. So let's start with the emotional side uh, and kind of the softer side of paying down the mortgage, and then we'll get into the, the numbers and the geeky side of the equation. Um, so I hear a lot of times with clients say, well, I just don't want to have a mortgage in retirement. Or they'll say, I just hate owing people money. Um, or I'll hear, you know, I, I would just feel better if I had a smaller monthly payment. I feel like it would make things a little bit easier. All of those are valid concerns and valid emotional responses to owing a large chunk of money to a bank or to somebody else. Um, but ultimately, there's another side to each of these equations. So if you think about the idea of, I don't want to have a, lar a mortgage in retirement, um, you know, it would be nice to just have uh, you know, your living expenses and some basic coverage. But what sometimes people don't always remember is that even if you pay your mortgage off, you still have to pay the real estate taxes, the homeowner's insurance, and you have to keep upkeep, repairs, maintenance, and other things that come along with the house. So once it's paid off, it's not like you're just living for free. There are still expenses that come with it. And a lot of times I warn or help clients understand the idea of being house rich, cash poor. So you may have a, a, an elder relative who has a very nice house with a tremendous amount of equity and no mortgage. Uh, but essentially, they're living on Social Security, a pension, 
and there's not a lot of extra money to go or kind of splurge on things they might want to do. So they have this great house, they have their mortgage paid off, but they still don't have a lot of flexibility and freedom to kind of do the things they want to do. The other thing I hear is I just wish we had a, maybe a smaller monthly payment. Um, but the fact is the only way you get a smaller monthly payment is you take money out of your bank or out of somewhere else and you give it to the bank to pay your mortgage down. Um, and that doesn't necessarily always reduce your monthly payment. It may shorten the number of years you have on the mortgage. Um, but it also means you don't have that money somewhere else. So you're basically trading money in the bank or money in investment for equity in the home. And then finally, you know, I hear people say, I just hate owing money to other people. And I can understand where that comes from, but when you think about the ability to have nice things and you know, developing a long-term financial plan, debt is, debt is something that has to be part of it. And uh, you just have to figure out a way to get comfortable with owing uh, money to people. And we'll actually cover this more in our next uh, discussion on kind of debt, good debts and bad debts. But at the simple uh, fact, the ability to have a house, have nice things and you know, accumulate for the long term, debt is a vehicle you're going to have to get used to. So now, like I said, let's turn to the geeky side of the equation and get into some of the numbers um, and kind of break down some old adages that you may have heard. Um, so when it comes to paying your mortgage, sometimes there'll be you know, some simple rules that if you just make one extra payment a year, so paying your mortgage 13 times instead of 12 times, will cut years off your mortgage and save you a lot of interest. That is true. Uh, but in a lower interest rate environment, and the lower the interest rates keep going, the amount of money uh, that's going towards your interest payment is less than was five, ten years ago. So making an extra payment will you know, knock down some of the principal, but because your payment's lower, that one extra payment won't have as big of an impact. You know, for example, if you had a $400,000 mortgage, and you were paying 4% on that mortgage for 30 years, your monthly payment is roughly about $1,900, not counting your real estate taxes and your insurance. If you were paying 3% on that mortgage, the monthly payment would go down to $1,680, let's call it $1,700. So making an extra payment would reduce your mortgage by about three years. On the flip side, if you had a mortgage at 7%, which seems impossible, but you know, if you go back 10 or 15 years ago, that's where mortgage rates were. Making an extra payment would have reduced your, uh, your term by another, an extra year, year and a half, because you're, you're chipping away, at, uh, you have less interest accumulating as you start to chip away at the principal, so it's helping you know, speed up the payment of that mortgage. So you know, a simple version of making one extra payment you know, could have an impact in the long term, but we're gonna use that as an example to help you understand you know, whether or not it's right for you to do that and whether or not you should be paying your, down your mortgage any faster than you have to. So if we play that equation out and we say, okay, we're, we're, we borrowed $400,000 and we're paying 4% on that money and we have that mortgage for 30 years. So over the course of that 30 year period, if we just basically paid the bank as scheduled, you would end up paying the bank roughly about $289,000 in interest. Uh, which seems like a crazy number, but when spread out over 30 years and it allows you to, to own the home and get appreciation and growth on the home, that's just kind of the cost of doing business. Um, so, so remember, $289,000 was the total amount you paid in interest. If you committed to making one extra payment a month, so paying the bank an extra $1,900 uh, once a year, um, 
you're at same idea at 4% interest, that would shorten your mortgage down to 26 years. Or over the course of that time, you would pay $246,000 in interest. So you're still paying a lot in interest, but you are saving roughly about $43,000 in interest by paying the mortgage off four years earlier. Seems great. You know, who wouldn't want an extra $43,000 in their, in their bank? Um, but when you spread that out over 30 years and 360 months, you know, that's a savings of $70 to $80 a month. So if you take the counter argument and says, you know what, I don't want to pay my mortgage off. I want to pay what I have to pay, and then I'm going to save every other penny I can. Because if you've heard my past episodes and talking about compounding interest, I want my savings and my money growing for me as long as possible. So if you instead had a system that said, I'm going to pay my mortgage, my $1,900 a month, and the extra payment that I would have paid to the mortgage, I'm going to invest that. And that is basically you know, $160 a month. And I'm going to invest that for the 26 years that I would have been paying the mortgage off faster. And instead of only paying 4% on the mortgage, I'm going to invest it in a, the stock market and generate roughly an 8% rate of return. That same that investment after 26 years would have a value of about $166,000, of which $116,000 is interest earned. So if you kind of do the quick math, by paying the mortgage off faster, you saved yourself $43,000 in interest. But by paying the mortgage off on time and investing the money uh, somewhere else, you generated $116,000 of interest. So you actually would have been $70,000 better if you had paid the mortgage off as scheduled because you had such a low interest rate and invested the money in in something uh, that could earn more growth for the long term. So I know I just threw a lot of numbers at you and you might be asking, I'm a little bit dizzy, what what should I do? What's the right thing for me to do? And essentially what we do for clients is we put all these numbers on a spreadsheet. We say, look, here is the mathematical reasons why paying down debt at a low interest rate does not make sense. And it's the same reason why corporations almost never pay off their debt and why nations continue to roll debt over because they can, they can borrow cheap and you know, use that money somewhere else to, to earn more money for them. Um, and then we basically walk through all the things that could impact this, uh, you know, this uh, calculation that we've done in a bubble. Because as much as uh, the idea of taking that $160 a month and saving it somewhere else makes a ton of sense, a lot of people lose focus. So they don't always start saving that money where they thought. Or they might want to dip into that to buy a vacation uh, or to you know, make an upgrade somewhere else. So they don't actually get to see that accumulation taking place uh, in, uh, in, a, in an account that they can look back and say, oh, that's, that's why I did that. You also have taxes, you have job changes, you have all these other things that can impact the, uh, the financial calculations. Um, but ultimately, you know, when we talk with clients, we look at you know, their income outlook and their feelings on debt and uh, where they have their other savings. You know, because if, if you don't have a lot of money built up for college or you haven't really aggressively funded retirement, you know, having a ton of equity in your home may not give you the financial flexibility to maybe retire early or you know, consider a job change or deal with a, you know, a, a job loss and having some liquidity in the bank.
So back to our the original question, when is the best time for me to pay down my mortgage? The answer is it depends. Uh, some clients choose to pay it off more aggressively than you know my, I might agree with from a financial standpoint, but you know that's what makes them feel good and they want to work towards. Others, you know, understand the, the the volatility of the stock market, but they understand the long term earnings potential, and they tend to keep their mortgage uh, as low as uh, low mortgage payments as low as possible and carry as much debt on the home because they they feel they can invest it more effectively in other places. Um, so like I said, there's not a, a, a right answer for everybody, but there is a right answer for you. And if you ask yourselves the right questions and you communicate effectively with all the decision makers and you understand um, you know, what's truly important to you, the decision of what to do with all that extra money in the bank will become obvious uh, and will allow you to make a competent and educated decision that aligns with your, your values. In our future episodes, we're going to talk a little bit more about debt management and the idea of good debt versus bad debt and in what situations it might make sense for that money to go towards reducing uh, money that you owe to somebody else. We'll also talk about savings targets and you know how to develop a savings plan that aligns with your, uh, your short-term and long-term needs. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.